Yeah, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Bench Mob E and T. We back had a little break. Break. People got married. Congratulations, Mister Sins Mayor, on the marriage, the wedding ceremony, all that good stuff. How are you feeling? So good, bro. I appreciate that. I feel it feels good to be the mayor. I wish I could go back to Cabo though. Ain't trying to be here. <laughs> I go back right now. Miles, how you feeling? I'm feeling good, yo. Uh, I don't want to say ski e, but you know that that's, that's how I'm feeling right now. It's the, it's the mood of the week. That song, that song, turn that song turned the wedding upside down, bro. <laughs> that song had people wild now. Hey, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, hit that subscribe button, turn the notifications on, so you don't miss none of this great content from the Bench Mob. If you are listening to this. Rate us five stars. Leave a five-star review. The trade deadline is over in baseball. We're talking post-trade deadline. Who has a brighter future? Mets and Yankees. We're going to talk NFL. NFL is back. The Jets and Browns play tonight on the Hall of Fame game. We're going to preview the NFC North, NFC East. And we're going to have our draft tonight of the all-time offense qb running back wide receiver tight end we'll do a draft end off the show and much more we're going to touch on this is what you can see tuning in for this episode yankees or mets post-trade deadline who has the brighter future going forward i mean it's interesting the mets made some solid trades they had to like you can't be that bad paying all those guys and think you're going to keep running with it. So, I mean, I got to give Steve Cohen credit. He blew it up. And like he said, hope isn't – you can't build off of hope. Mm-hmm. You got to build off of actual talent and players. And Scherzer's not going to be here when they are good. So, hopefully this thing turns around in a couple years. They got some nice pieces. They got Acuna's younger brother, a couple guys from Houston. So that the turnaround could happen soon, but just like with any prospect, you never know. They could be really good in the minor leagues and then come to the big leagues and fall flat on their face. Because that's what I thought. I thought Kalenic from the Mets was going to be really good and they would look stupid in that Robinson Cano trade with Diaz. But since he's been in the bigs with Seattle, he hasn't done much. So it's a hit or miss thing. Like the talent at the major league level is so much better than what you're going to see in double A AA and triple A. Um, but I think the, the Yankees ceiling is always going to be higher. Because that's the thing. They're always going to try to win. They're always going to try to compete. They're not going to just give up. Like right now, yeah, they should. Should have about face like the Mets did and just given up. But one, we're two and a half games out of the, the wild card. So you start getting guys healthy. We still don't have Nestor. Some guys are still trying to work back back into form. Aaron Judge is back, so that's a, a huge piece to this team. Yeah, I think in the immediate future, of course, we're better. And, you know, two years down the road, I'm pretty sure that we have a couple guys on one-year deals going forward, and we can make moves, and we got prospects. So I like our chances. And we're going to pay guys. It's not like we're not going to sit on our hands and – Mm-hmm. not do that like if someone's available you want to be a yankee come on down 
But I like I like the Yankees a lot more than I like the Mets. Yeah, you literally I mean, Yankees. You're a fan. You like the Yankees. Yeah, I'm you're a, fan. a fan. It's not like we're we're one year removed from being in the ALCS. Granted, we got swept, but you got to be there. You got to be okay. there. Okay, that's fair. I that's would fair. rather I'd rather be there than you know win hundred games and lose in the wild card. Well, what was part of the reason we lost in the wild card? Wasn't that was it not Scherzer? Did Scherzer not take crap on himself in a big moment? Because that's where I remember. I remember that vividly. Actually, I was pretty upset. And so when you move off of Scherzer during the trade deadline this year and you don't sit there and rely on Verlander and Scherzer running it back into the year and spending more money on free agents, you already have the highest payroll in all of sports basically this year. There's no reason to double down on stupid. Steve Cohen, what he did was smart. That was really smart to admit your mistakes, admit your wrongdoings and pivot. That's, that's what being a smart human being is all about in life, let alone sports. So he did that. And they got they made out really well in these trades. I think the, most of the prospects they had, one prospect hit a home run in his first at bat, Clifford, who people say is going to be amazing from the uh, the Astros. So, I, look, I, I love the way the Mets came out of this trade deadline. I've been I've been real skittish on their move since they've done it because I didn't like the Lindor move to begin with. I've been against the Lindor move since it happened. People in the comments of this podcast. On, on all social media platforms, think I'm an idiot for saying it, but I will always say that I don't think he is worth the money he's getting paid. I'd rather have kept Jimenez. I always say that, right? So I'll stand on that. I'll stand on that. But then you look at Verlander and Scherzer, and they're both they're both they're in wheelchairs. Those two, they're old. They're they're really old. There was no reason to invest in those two guys without investing in bats. And I don't mean bringing back Nimmo on a hundred million dollar deal. I think Nimmo's a good player. He's solid, but he ain't. Like, what are we talking about? Like, he's good and everything, but it's not, like, to a point where we had to bring him back. It was do or die. You needed real bats in your lineup, and I think the Mets will be players for guys down the road because they're always going to be. They're going to be a destination. You're playing in New York, um, with uh, playing for an owner who wants to win and has a bunch of money. I know that it's ironic I'm saying that now because they're they're moving backwards, but sometimes you got to go backwards to move forwards. So I think clearly the Mets have a brighter future. I mean, literally, the, the Mets – catered to their future. I don't know how this is even a question. They catered to the future. The Yankees did not. They're playing for right now. The Yankees are in between land. Because even if you make it to the playoffs, you're probably a one and done. Let's just be real. You're probably a one and done. Unless you unless you got unless you think you're going to some magical streak, right? When you get to the playoffs and you, you got you some takeoff and Rizzo's suddenly not going to be the worst player in baseball anymore. And Stanton's suddenly going to want to run hard to first base every time. I don't know what we're talking about. I don't know what we're talking about. I'm just being honest with you. All right. So I think the Mets did a great job, came out looking good during the, after all this. They're going to have egg on their face. They spent all that money. It didn't work. That's fine. That's cool. And, they, and deservedly so. They deserve to have egg on their face. They deserve people to make fun of them. I ain't got no problem with that. Frankly, I don't really care what people say. The Mets came out look, smelling like roses after all of this because getting all those prospects, those top-tier prospects, is going to look good in, in, a year, in, in a year's time. In a year's time. And – they still have enough money to go get guys, get free agent pitchers like Aaron Nola from 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 Philadelphia or Urias. They have guys. They can go get guys and and, and fill the competitive team next year that can make a run in a wild card spot as we as we do a little placeholder year and then go after with guys like Juan Soto in the future. Like you, they're gonna make moves. They're gonna do stuff. So I don't really worry about it, man. If you're a Mets fan, it sucks right now, but trust me, a, a year is gonna fly by. <laughs> if this year is any indication, this a year will fly by and you'll be back in a good situation again. And I, and by the way, the Alonzo stuff is nonsense. He'll be back. He'll be a Met. He'll be a Met. They're going to sign him. I have no doubt about that. None. 
They're not they're not tearing this thing down to the studs. That's not what they're doing. But you had to get all those old pitchers and get value back. And and Robertson for that matter. Send them to, send them to Miami. That's fine. They got Vargas back for him. Another good prospect. They're good. They're good. They'll be all right. Post trade deadline. Who's the favorite out of each conference to make it to the World Series, y'all think? I mean, I still think the Braves are the favorite in the National League. Like, they've been the clear best team all year. Top to bottom, that team is just stacked. Um, and that's why you do these trades like the Mets did, because that Atlanta team is basically all prospects that they've had. Like, their development team over there is incredible. So you try to do it like that. Um, but they didn't even really make any trades. Because they didn't have to. Like, their team is kind of set. Um, but in the other other league, the American League, I think Houston, that was a big trade, getting Verlander back. So I don't think he's as bad as he's been. I mean, he's literally a year removed from winning the Cy Young, and his ERA was below two. So I don't think he's as bad as he was with the Mets. It's just cause and effect of playing there. So... Get out of here. He wasn't even bad with the Mets, too. Yes, that's, that's misinformation. This guy's Miles Trump. Misinformation. He wasn't even bad. He had he had good starts over there. He was not bad. He was better than Scherzer was. I'll tell you that. No, he was. He was better than Scherzer. But he was better than Scherzer was. Yeah. So that's that's a good get for them. I think Houston's just always the favorite. <laughs> there, there you, you hey, look, just a tough time for the Yankees dealing with the guy with teams like Houston and 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 the Rays. Uh, being in that in that same uh, division, right? Not division, but just same. Do we call it conferences in baseball? Like, what do we call it? Leagues, huh? Leagues, leagues. League. Yeah, yeah. In the same league, I'm bug. I'm thinking it's conferences too. I'm not even lying, Tony. I thought it was. Con- I was to say that. But You're ready to move on to the football talk? That's why. I you know that's really what it is. That's really what it is. But yeah, I think Houston and I, I think Houston and um, the the Braves are the two favorites. I w- I would I would agree with that. And obviously, baseball's weird. There's always a dark horse team that comes along and spoils the party. So we'll see where that is this year. Um, it, <laughs> off the top of my head, the Orioles are a team that can spoil the party for a lot of the guys in the, on, in the American League. The Orioles could easily come in and ruin things for them. So we'll, we'll see. But, you know, I, I'm I'm going to stick with Houston because Houston's just been dominant for the last five, six years. Well. NFL is back. As you can tell, we're excited. I called it conferences instead of leagues. So if you're watching this, you're listening to this, go debate with your mom. I made a mistake. It is what it is. End of the, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> NFC North. We're going to start off with the NFC North. We're going to break down each division before the, before the regular season starts. We're going to start with Chicago Bears. Over and under seven and a half wins. Justin Fields, will he be this year's Jalen Hurts? It's possible, but I don't know if he takes a leap that drastic this year. I do think he's going to be a lot better than last year, and I saw that um, he has the most bets towards him for MVP this year, which, yeah, you looked at last year, ran for over 1,000 yards, there's talent there as a passer. I think they just needed to get him some weapons. So they got him DJ Moore. They still got Darnell Mooney, Claypool. 
commit. So they, they got talent in Chicago now. And I could even see them going after Jonathan Taylor to bolster that running back room. And that'll make them even more dangerous. So, yeah, I think Justin Fields can take a step forward. I think he's worked on his passing and he doesn't want to be known as just a runner. That's a, a dangerous place to, to be, especially the way they're paying running backs these days. So uh, <laughs> you, you don't want to get too close to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Chicago, I think they're going to get over eight wins this year, at least. I think they're a dangerous team in the NFC because they bolstered that defense too. They got the linebacker from Buffalo. They've still got some D-line prospects over there too. Watch out for them. What's your prediction? You think they'll be eight and nine, or are you thinking nine and eight more so? I could see them going like 10 and seven. Wow. So I think Minnesota's going to take a step back because they did lose a good amount of people on that team just because they have no money. And then I think Green Bay is not going to be as good in that division because, again, you're losing Aaron Rodgers, you're moving back to Jordan Love and People are kind of sleeping on them, and for good reason. I don't think they're that good. Now, the Chicago Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer in the franchise history. Is this a make-a-year break, you think, make-or-break year, you think, for Justin Fields, Greg, being that this is going to be after this year, the Bears can give him that extension after that rookie contract? Is this a make-or-break year for him? Uh, I'm going to say no. I think they're going to they're gonna be just good enough to be out of position to get great quarterbacks in the draft anyways, so they won't have that option. But I think he'll get his fifth-year option picked up. Uh, I, I just think he will. I think I think when you add DJ Moore and, Mo, and Mooney, that you have those two guys, a lot of those targets are going there. And the Komet guy is pretty good, too. Uh, Claypool is a clown. We don't, we, we don't take him serious over here, so I don't, I don't expect much there. He's just hanging around, honestly. Um, but I think that Mooney and uh, Moore make a big difference for him this year in the passing game. I really believe that. And I th- I, it is about offensive line production, too, obviously, them keeping him upright. I, th- when you play, the Giants played him last year, and that was my only exposure to, Ch- to Chicago, I'll be very honest, because they're not must-see TV. And, I, you know, I ain't by a league pass. But I, a lot of the pro- problem they had was interior pressure, just getting up the middle. I know, and this Dexter's different, but still – like that was that was a big problem for them. So if they can keep him upright, he can have a big season. He's got arm talent. I mean, he can make all the throws at Ohio State. So I, I I'm not buying into this narrative that he can't throw. Look, he ran for a thousand yards because he's running for his life. I mean, if we're being honest, that's why he ran for a thousand yards last year. I think he can throw the ball. I think there's a lot, there's enough there to warrant a conversation about him being the franchise quarterback over there in Chicago. Remember, Chicago passed up on taking Bryce Young. To right for him that that was the conversation we were having they they see it right ryan poles the gm over there they see it they know that this guy fields is very talented so i fully expect him to just take the reins on this and become the franchise quarterback there and that may be in the form of them winning six games or winning eight games i don't think they're gonna win nine i'm, I'm not that schedule looks a little deceptive like it's not it's not a hard schedule but it's the, the first few games are pretty easy but they got the Chargers. They got the Saints. They got Detroit. Detroit's going to be net tough. Um, Detroit's going to beat them. Just being real. Um, they got some tough games. So I, I, I see them winning about eight, seven, 
right? I think seven's a realistic number for them. And as long as he's, he throws for about 4,000 yards or whatever, he's going to justify them keeping him and giving him that fifth-year option. They'll justify both things in the same time. So I, I think that he's going to stick around. He's just that talented. I, I don't have a lot of bad things to say about just Justin Fields. I haven't watched a lot of his film, admittedly, but – when I see him play, the ability is it's there. It's all there. So it's just a matter of him putting it together, having a good season, and taking what the defense gives him, and not and not falling in love with that run game too much. I think Miles makes a good point. You don't want to fall into that whole black quarterback stereotype now. Definitely want to do that. I got them at seven and ten too. I think seven's a good number. Yeah, their defense, their defense is still a question mark. I think for the Bears this year, the main thing for them. They, I think they know Ryan Poles and them know they're not going to make the playoffs or have a winning record. It's really just seeing the offense improve and Justin Fields take that next step. That's the, that's a win for the Bears this season. I don't see them actually making the playoffs. Detroit Lions, they had a big year last year. Where do y'all see them this year? The over and under for them is nine and a half wins. I see them at like nine and eight. Maybe they're able to get 10 and 7, but I see them at 9 and 8. I agree. I I think I look, the only way a team like Detroit takes a step back is if they have injuries. They're one of those teams. Like football is weird because one couple at least one team that they made the playoffs the year previous doesn't make it the next year. And it's usually because of injuries. You know, because football is just a sport where guys get hurt 100 percent of the time. So it's really about which guys get hurt that dictates your luck in, in, in making it back to the playoffs and having success. So, you know, with Detroit, they have all the talent. They're very talented. Jared Goff is a very, is a very good quarterback in the league. You've got to give him credit. He's more than solid. And it's about winning playoff games for him. That's where we at. That's the competition we're going to have with Jared Goff. It's not about regular season success anymore. Um, but I think that they can be successful with uh, Williams and uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, who's going to take a big leap and be one of the best wide receivers in football. He already is, in my opinion, but can certainly solidify himself as a top five guy, legit, in the league. I think we can have that conversation about him after this year. Um, they've got plenty of weapons. And then the running back, Gibbs, they got, right, and replacing – because Swift sucked, guys. <laughs> okay? I know the Eagles got him. We all hyped. And he didn't he's, suck. He didn't suck. He's just yeah. constantly injured. What? There's he's a difference been, between sucking and – He don't pick the right – The first week last year. He balled out and then slowly just disintegrated. I'm not a Swift guy. I'm not a Swift guy, bro. You know, they got him out of there swiftly. Are you a nimble guy? Is that it? Are you nimble? (laughs) Hey, Miles, right? Now, it's been questions this offseason about Amon Ross St. Brown. Do you feel he is a true number one wide receiver or is he more of a slot guy? No, he's a number one. That guy is the real deal. Like every time I see him, hands are sure as hell. Like he's gonna catch everything thrown his way if he can. And he's peppered with targets. So I, I think the addition of Jameson Williams, who after the suspension, he'll be back at some point. Um, six games. Six games, yeah. Idiot. Um but as that's mean, a big that's mean. a big threat right there. Cause Amon Ra, he's not, you know, the fastest guy out there. He's the more intermediate, the slot, working those out routes and whatnot. And I think if you have that deep threat, you don't have to face too many double teams. Like I'm sure he's going to face early on in the season because it's like 
who am I worried about? Am I worried about Denzel Mims over here who could hardly make the Jets roster? Or am I worried about uh, DJ Chark, who's solid, but he's not, you know, he doesn't scare me like Amon Ra. Or Jameson Williams, who he was my number one receiver coming out of college last year. So we'll see. I think he's he's definitely a top 10 receiver in the league right now. And I think he's going to have a pretty big year this year. I mean, early on, he's going to get peppered with targets easily. For, for our fantasy watchers real quick, where would you rank Amon Ross St. Brown amongst fantasy wide receivers? Last um, year, last year he was number two, I believe. Number yeah, two. Just off of the chemistry he has with golf, yeah. I think he's going to get like nine catches at least a game early on. And that might last the whole season. So it's like, that's a guy you want to draft. Do I take him over Devontae Adams? Maybe. Just because Devontae. Garoppolo. Yeah. You got Garoppolo and you never know. He could come out the tunnel and slip wrong. And then all of a sudden, who's the backup? So you never know. Yeah. I like Amon Ra more than I like Devontae Adams as far as fantasy goes this year. Before we before we move off the lines, let me know what how many wins you think they get, and is there any chance? And either y'all can answer this: Is there any chance you see Hendon Hooker at all this year? No, no chance. No. Unless all development, like he's coming off the ACL. Jared Goff wasn't as bad as people would like to say. Like he was bad earlier in the year, and then once they started winning games, he picked up his play. So. I think golf will be here this year. He might even be here next year. Like, there's no reason to rush off of him if he's able to perform. Like, Hendon Hooker might never play for them, honestly. It's one of those things where, yeah, you take a chance because the talent's there for Hendon Hooker. But he's got to sit. He's got to develop. It's kind of tough. It's a tough sell when you've got a 25, 26-year-old rookie coming in and he's almost at the midway point of his career already. So I don't know. I think I think Goff is solid. He's a solid quarterback, and this, they've got a solid group of weapons around him. Like he wasn't bad in LA. Like he wasn't bad towards the end. Yeah, it, it wasn't working. He needed a change of scenery, and it's tough when you bring in Matthew Stafford and he wins a Super Bowl, and you're like, huh, why couldn't he do that? But, like, in Detroit, he's, he's managed this team pretty well. So. How many wins they get this year, Detroit? I'm saying at least 10. I like this team. I like Detroit. They were pretty good last year, too. I think if they hadn't started off so slow, they would have made the playoffs last year by far. But, I mean, in the league, those first five or six games could really come back to haunt you. So. You can't start off slow like that. But I think early on, it's a little tough schedule. I think they're playing Chiefs first week. And opening opening night, they got Chiefs. That's going to be interesting. That could set the tone. I mean. That's that's an L. Yeah. I'd like. Also, the Chiefs lost a couple of their top receivers. So it's not like. Who's he throwing to? Kadarius could be there. He could. Could not. He might be on Twitter. Kadarius won't play. He'll he'll be on Twitter arguing with Giants fans. 
Yeah. In time, you won't be playing. The only person who was a consistent target for him last year is Marquez. So. No, they have Justin Ross, who's going tearing him up, and, and, and he wasn't look. playing. He didn't play last year. Yeah, he's gonna be good. He's gonna be really good. good. But that's another guy who's dealt with injury issues. So it's like, yeah, you want to trust the second year undrafted guy who missed time with a neck injury in college. It's not. It's not. It's not, that I, it's not about me trusting them. I trust Patrick Mahomes. That's it. They got Patrick Mahomes. They're probably going to win. And they got Andy Reid. Andy Reid does not lose, lose in September. He does not lose in September. So well, I, I hope they. I hope Sky Moore can develop a little better than he did last year. They're going to tra- Travis Kelsey, uh, the the Watson guy. There was the other tight end Watson. Uh, sprinkling some Justin Ross. Uh, Marquez is going to catch a deep ball. They'll win the game. They'll find a way to win the game. They're just, they're just, hey, they're just that good. I didn't tell y'all that week. We're not going to have a show because I. I got a 10-day with them to be one of the wide receivers with Pat Mahomes. <laughs> you know, and Tone, you're getting Tone a couple of touchdowns. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm saying, look, man. I take the top off the defense. I'm saying. I know from experience. Yeah, I know right, from experience. No, throw that thing long. I'm going to get there. Uh, yeah, Sam, bro. I know from experience. But, yeah, I mean, I look at Jared Goff the way I look at Kirk Cousins, honestly. They're in the same tier to me. Their, their play can be high one day and low the next. High one year and low the next. If Kirk Cousins go out there and throw 12, 15 interceptions this year, 20 interceptions this year, really wouldn't surprise me. Um, just being honest, that's what you're signing up for when you get a guy like Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff, right? Uh, I think they're just middling quarterbacks, but, but Jared Goff's floor is higher to me than Kirk Cousins' floor. And so that's why I like them. But I think they're going to win nine games tops. Nine games top this year. I think, I, I, you know, I, that's where I see them. Um, if they peak at the right time and Williams comes back after the sixth game suspension and maybe they're 500 before Williams gets back, then you could be talking about a 10-win season. But I'm going to go with nine. I think it's a safe number for that team. And I think it's their floor. And that that's a good floor for a team. I think that's a good floor for a team. So that's where I see them. Without even looking at their schedule, by the way. You already spoke of, you like that? You like that? Kirk Cousins. I mean, the Kirk Cousins fanatic couldn't make it tonight but the vikings over under <laughs> is eight and a half wins my question with this you already brought up kirk and his up and down play how many wins do you think they get and do they have enough weapons to have justin jefferson not be the focal point of the defense where you receive double teams possibly triple teams where they're shading the safety an extra safety their way does Jordan Addison and Hawkinson, is that enough to where Justin Jefferson can still get loose? I think I think so. It's also about their run game, too, if they can establish one. And also, are they going to be able to keep Kirk Cousins upright, upright this year because the offensive line was getting them killed last year? So there's questions there. But, I mean, Addison should do very well. Um, and I like Addison in the draft, so I'm not going to sit here and doubt him. I think he's going to do well for them. As long as he stops speeding, I think he'll be all right over in over in Minnesota. It was uh, for the dog. It was for the dog, man. Like give him, give him a give him a break. All right. All right. Well, you know, that worked out so well for Ruggs. But uh <laughs> yo. That's different. That's different. <laughs> Don't have to figure that out. <laughs> oh man. Well. 
you know, I say something out of pocket every every episode. I feel like, damn. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that Addison is is a is a worthy number two wide receiver already walking into the league. So I think he'll be good. It's just a question again: Can the O line keep him clean? Can they establish a run game? Who's your running back at this point? That's actually a good question. I don't know who the running back is off the top of my head. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I don't. So who is that? You guys have do you, you guys have a productive running game? You guys can rely on to get the ball out of Kirk's hand. You can't have Kirk dropping back 50 times. Not an ideal situation for them to be in. You know, he's prone to throwing interception. You know, it's gonna happen. It's, even in his best years, he's gonna make mistakes. So I, I just think that's the real question that we have. And then also that defense, like they were horrible last year. They fought, they fired their defensive coordinator. So what do we do now? Like what, what what's the step now? What's how are we going to get better from where you were last year? Because that's the real thing with, with the Vikings. That could, that defense was awful. Was awful last year. So, I, I think a lot of it was schematic stuff. So I think with the right coordinator in there, they can change, make some changes and be a middle of the pack defense, and that can help them big time. But you know, there's certainly more questions than answers with the Vikings, especially after the way the year ended last year. And they won a bunch of games in the fourth quarter by one by one score. Right. With with a lot more talent, with a lot of talent on that team offensively. And so, you know, that gives you cause for concern with a team like them. They're one of those teams that can easily be the team that takes a step back this year. Right. We were looking for a team to not make the playoffs that made it last year. This is that team. This is one of those teams that that could happen to. So it really wouldn't surprise me because of all the factors I've just named. Right. The defense, Kirk Cousins play being up and down. I mean, his 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 career looks like a heartbeat monitor, bro. Like, it, you don't know what you're gonna get. You don't know where you're gonna end up. The jump, jump might just flatline for him. I don't know. So, we'll see. We'll see where where it ends up with Kirk. But um, you know, consistency has not been his forte throughout his career. So we'll see. I think they definitely take a step back. They won the NFC North last year. I got the Lions winning the NFC North. I see them at most. I'll give them nine wins just because. You have Kirk Cousins and Jefferson Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. So it's capability for big, big plays offensively. They're going to put up points. It's just a defense. So I say at most nine and eight. Yeah, I would say the same. That's not really a step back. It's just they're not going to win the division, what we're saying. So oh, I don't think they make the playoffs. They're going to be nine and eight because they want, they want 12 and – Five last season, something like that. Yeah. I don't see no way they hit double digits wins this year. It's not. And like you said, Dalvin Cook is a huge piece to lose. They're Ooh, talking about exactly. they're talking about Alexander Madison will be the starting running back, and they're going to mix in um, Ham, their fullback, getting touches. Oh wow! I don't think that that does it. I mean, every time Madison came in when Cook got hurt, he was eating. So I think they wouldn't have – they kind of knew that they had to shed salary and Dalvin Cook, I mean, in this market, you're not paying a lot of money for a running back. Like Madison, you're not paying that much. You're going to get production out of him. I think he can get over close to 1,000 yards this year with this team. Like he's been solid. He's like Dalvin Cook light. So, I they mean – They still got Adam Thielen too, right? No, he's in Carolina. He knew that. Yeah, it's going to be a lot on Addison there. Last one, Packers over under is seven and a half wins. I got them at five and 12. I only see five wins out of this Packers squad. Jordan Love, obviously, first year, he's the big 
thing that they're going to be watching. I think it's the same thing with the Bears. They want to see what you're getting out of Jordan Love. So far in training camp, though, they said a lot of targets has been going to Dubes, Dubs, however you say his name. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is that wide receiver one for Green Bay? Is it Watson? That's what everybody's saying, but they said so far in training camp, he's being a lot of the targets, and actually Dubes was working out with uh, Jordan Love this summer. Mm. Well, just another issue, just another thing they have, they have to work through this year over in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I, I, I think that team's going to be a tough watch. I think that they'll be right there with Tampa Bay as one of the worst teams in football. Uh, I think that's what we're looking at. And I hope Jordan Love has success. But, you know, it's just a tough ask. It's a tough ask. The all offensive line there struggled last year with, with Aaron Rodgers. Um, Jordan Love came in and had some success. He has some talent, obviously, flashed a little bit, but hasn't had a full, you know, season of tape behind him. So we don't know what he is. It's going to be an exploratory year for that team. Like you, you have to figure out what you have in your quarterback. And if you're bad enough, and I think they're going to be motivated to be bad this year because of Kalen Williams and Drake May and all them dudes um, and Riley Le- and Leonard over in, from Duke, I think they'll be motivated to be, you know, like be bad. I think at some point it'll turn, right? Obviously, the start of the season, everyone has hope. And so you'll want to be good. But I think when the season turns and you're you're staring down 12 losses in the face or however many losses in the face, over 10 losses, I should say, then you're going to be in a situation where you're going to want to tank for Williams. And I and I think that would be a great reset for that organization. They get a guy like Williams in there from to go from Aaron Rod, from go to go from Brett Favre's Aaron Rodgers to Caleb Williams or Drake May. It's a great situation. So we'll see. We'll see. But I, th- I think that's what we're going to be talking about with that team. I, I don't see a lot of motivation for, on their end, like long term to be good if they don't think Jordan loves the guy. And you just don't hear a lot of good things about Jordan Love, like ever. I don't, you know what I mean? There's no good, you, we hear good buzz about quarterbacks all the time. I've heard great buzz about Bryce Young, you know? No great buzz about this guy, um, Jordan Love, coming out of camp. So, you know, it's all right. Like, it's okay to have a down year if you're going to, if you have a guy like Caleb Williams staring you in the face or Drake May or the Leonard kid, you know, give that a whirl, give that a try and see if we can get one of those guys and start again, start again, reset. You got them at five wins, six wins, seven wins. I got them. I got them anywhere from four to five wins. I don't think they're a very good team, to be honest. And honestly, I think uh, Packers fans can just deal with it because they've been good for most of my life, most of my adult life, most of my childhood. They've been really good. So one bad year ain't going to kill you. It'll work out, too, because you have Brett Favre as a quarterback who is stealing money, and then you got Mr. Hiawaska that was a quarterback, too, so. You got to balance out. You feel me? You you've had bad you have bad people as quarterbacks. So oh God, so God got to get his lick back. Sound about right to me. I sent you Jordan Love. <laughs> I don't know. They could honestly start the season off three and zero. Well, they got first three games, Miles. They got Bears, Falcons, Saints. What are the Falcons gonna start? Ritter? Oh, they could beat the Falcons. Could Ritter's that? They got Chris oh. starting for them. Yeah, that's right. Chris Johnson's the quarter starting quarterback. Yeah, Falcons, I see. It's not me. I don't know if the Falcons get a win this year. I'm sure they will. Oh, you know, the division, the Saints come in one night, just don't feel like playing. It'll be one of those type of things. Or a team sleeping that they catch, but intentionally winning, I don't even see the Falcons possibly doing that. They're going to be looking for Caleb Williams, too. 
The Saints, they ain't going to be good this year either. We ain't get to that division, but that's going to be another booty. That's going to be a dog, you know, dog, you know what division. That's going to be a disgusting division. So I can see possibly three, you know, I can see that. Yeah. It's really the quarterback play right there. Is Jordan Love better than, he's not better than Justin Fields, but the other two quarterbacks, he might be able to outdo them. I mean, I figure he's learned something from Aaron Rodgers. You don't sit behind somebody for that long and don't pick up something. So I feel like he's going to flash on the the TV screen at some point during the season. Like, he's not going to just fall flat on his face. It's just the team in general is just not – it's not that good. Like, the defense is – who they got? They got Jair. They got – and then – you kind of fall off a cliff after that. I don't know the linebackers. I don't know the D-line. Like, what do we... Yeah, they're not going to be that good. I'm predicting six, six, seven wins, maybe. At best, you're talking about best right. cases. Yeah. I think they could get off to a hot start, and then it's like the schedule kind of catches up to them, where it's like, all right, we kind of overachieved those first few games because the, the teams we were playing aren't that good. Mm-hmm. NFC East, the more exciting division, probably, I think it's safe to say, the representative for the Super Bowl is coming out the NFC East. Say It's safe to say. Somebody from NFC East is going to be Super Bowl representative. Speaking of Super Bowl, I think it's safe to say we should start off with the Philadelphia Eagles, who lost in the Super Bowl but got better. The over-under for Philly is 10 and a half wins. I got them. I said they're going to win. They could see 12 wins, 12 and five. That's where I got the Eagles. What's y'all takes on the Eagles? I don't have much to say about them. We talked about them at the draft. They got better. I, I, I don't see many weaknesses for Philly. The only question I have about Philadelphia is their linebacker play because they lost both linebackers. Other than that, they're like the best football team I've ever seen. So, I think, or at least one of them anyways, top top three football team I've ever seen in my life. So 12 wins sounds about right. They, they didn't take much of a step back. They got swift for a, a, a pack of bubble gum. Uh, and, and so I, I think they're going to be dangerous and really, really good again. And it's their division right now. I don't think there's any competition there and certainly not Dallas, right? Especially when you see Dak throwing hospital balls at training camp. Every single weekend, his, 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 uh, his cornerback's calling him a you-know-what. You know, I don't got to say it, you know. Uh, so it, it's it's their division, right? It, it, the only weakness on, on that defense I see is the linebacker. That's it. Maybe you can exploit that, you know. Maybe you can exploit that if you have a good tight end on your team. You can have, He can have a big day because the linebacker play isn't that great. But I'm probably overstating that. They'll probably have someone step up and be decent in that defensive system. I, I think losing Steichen – could have an effect. Maybe we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, I certainly wish nothing but bad things on that organization, especially with that idiot uh, Sirianni running the franchise. I, I hope I wish nothing but the worst. And I, and I hope everybody stays healthy. I'm not rooting for injuries. I don't do that. But everything else can go. Everything that can go wrong should go wrong outside of injuries. All right. That's what I'm saying. I, 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 yeah, I Jalen Hurts is hard to root against. He's a, he's, 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 a, he's a reverend. I'm not rooting against a reverend. So I'll now do that. He's, now he's hard to root against. He's a reverend. He's, you know, what how the game respect for that guy when he, so when he told uh, Sirianni to chill at the Super Bowl, but Sirianni was on some bull or something. You know what? I don't know who he, who he was going back and forth with. Maybe it was Mahomes. I don't know. But 
he told him chill. And I gained a lot of respect for him right there. Like, shows you the kind of guy he is. So, yeah, hard to read against him. You know, got nothing bad to say about him, honestly. He's a damn good quarterback, the elite quarterback in the league. So, um, and that's where he's at. That's where he's at right now. Um, so, I'll give him that. And they're going to win 12 games. But the linebacker play is the only question I have about that team. And let's see, let's see if some team can exploit that. A team that's good enough can exploit it. That's my that's my thing there. I know this is your second team, Miles. What's the how many ones they get? Which is ridiculous, by the way. That's a that's a joke. It's crazy, bro. That's my team in law. That's so stupid. Not my team. It's my team in law. That is so dumb, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I see 12, 13 wins. I think this team is really good. I think Jalen Hurts is only scratching the surface. I think he can be even better than he was last year. Because people still kind of knock him for running and saying, oh, I didn't see enough out of him as a passer. Like, just throw on the Super Bowl tape. Like, it, those throws don't lie. Like, his throws jump off the tape of how precise and how nice of a deep ball he throws and the touch. And he's amazing. He's top five quarterback easily right now. Um, yeah, this team only got better. I mean – they lost a good amount of guys to free agency, which, yeah, that's going to happen on a team like that where most of your guys are on the last year of their deals. You overachieve and go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, team's going to pluck you for what you got. But they've got the best GM in football who somehow each year finds a way to still build a really good team. And, yeah, somehow he was able to get – Swift for nothing. And Penny, that's another guy who has always been good. It's just a matter of health. So that's the thing. That's the only risk with those two guys at running back is health. If they can stay healthy, sky's the limit for that team. Like they still got A.J. Brown. They still got Devontae Smith. And their offensive line is probably the best in football still. So there's no worries on offense. And there's not really that many worries on defense. Like, they they still have Jordan Davis. He's going to be really good second year in the league. You drafted the kid at ninth from Georgia who many thought was going to be the first overall pick earlier in the season. Isn't he a criminal at home? Huh? Jalen Carter? He's a criminal, right? I mean, he's not a criminal, but... You're going to say that right as I'm talking. All right. Um, <laughs> but the linebackers, yeah, like you said, it's a question mark. Like, they're going to – Outside of N'Kobe Dean. Yeah, N'Kobe Dean is the guy. And he's probably going to have to hold that fort together as the season goes on. But I'm not, I'm not doubting the skill of this defense. Like, the secondary is still really good. D-line is elite. So, even if they don't have a strong linebacking core, that's not going to make or break their season. Commanders, they, well. The Redskins. I'm calling them the Redskins again. I'm done with the Commanders. <laughs> hey, I, I highly doubt they move it back to that name. Uh, I, you know, they want to get rid of every stench from the previous owner. Magic Johnson in there now with, what's the other guy named? I don't even know. I don't care. Magic in there. So it's going to be better. Magic always make everything better. He got multiple rings in different sports. So Magic Man there, it's going to make things better, but not 
on the field as of yet. Over under seven and a half wins. I see five wins for this team. Washington, they gotta they gotta rehaul this whole thing. Shoot, Chase Young is a, a candidate to be traded. They they gotta rehaul this whole thing. Yeah. When I heard that they were gonna trade Chase Young, it said a lot about where they are as a franchise right now. And I think the plan for them, and if we're being very honest, like just just be honest with yourself. They're probably in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. They're probably in the Drake May sweepstakes. They're, you know, that's what they're looking at, the quarterbacks in this year's draft. They've been looking at quarterbacks for the last four years, right, maybe longer than that, honestly. Uh, maybe since Kirk was there, right, they were looking at quarterbacks. So I'm not giving it enough justice. But that's what they're doing, right? They're, they're not going – they're going to obviously compete and try to win games and be a nuisance in the NFC East, and they will be. They'll win games by mistake. They'll trip into some wins, right, because that's just the way the NFC works. That's the way it works in the NFC East. But – the goal for them is to get a franchise quarterback. That has been the goal for the better part of eight years, double what I said, eight years. And so uh, since the RG3 mishap happened, right, since he went down, right, where it looked like they were headed towards prosperity and they all came crashing down. So that that's where we are right now. They got some good young talent. Jahan Dotson's a damn good player. Uh, obviously, Terry McLaurin is one of the best receivers in football um, as well. They're just, they got, they're solid in certain places. The offensive line is a good offensive line. It's been sneaky good for a long time too. So it, it, it's just for them, it's going to come down to ensuring that they give the quarterback of the future. Sam Howell is likely not the quarterback of the future, but he's going to be a damn good backup in the league. And and I know he flashed last year, he had some nice throws and everything, but there's no tape on him yet. I just be careful with guys who there's no tape on, you know, and, and putting on the, that's why I'm not, I'm not waxing poetic about Jordan Love, even though he had, some good plays last year when he came in because there's not much tape on him yet. So Jordan Love may start off hot, but then struggle. Same with Sam Howell. He may start off hot, but then struggle down, down the stretch of the season. And so the second that team's staring nine losses in the face, they're probably going to blow it all up. Especially with the new ownership group. I'm telling you right now, you, Magic would love nothing more than to get Caleb Williams over there. All right? Caleb Williams in the Chocolate City? Of course. I, I think he's from Maryland. I think he's a, D, he's a DC kid, right? I think he's from Maryland. Or did he go to high school in Maryland? He's something like that. I think he's, I don't think he's from LA. Or maybe I'm wilding. I think he's from Maryland uh, or th that area. I, I read he, that one. He was born in Washington, D.C. Yeah. yeah, he was born in Washington, D.C., a homecoming story. So don't think for a second they're not eyeing Killer Williams and salivating over the idea of having him. They'll be at all of his games at USC this year. They'll have scouts there. That's their plan. I'm telling you, it, it's not to build something sustainable around Sam Howell, who seems to be. You don't think possibly Jacoby Brissett could uh, get some playing? Anyways, it's getting too late for this. <laughs> it's getting too late. For this. I'm talking about Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> Miles, what do you think? Five wins, six wins for them? Yeah, just about. I mean, the defense is solid. Like, they've had a solid defense for the last few years. It's just offensively. I mean, at least they don't have to worry about Heineke anymore. You still owe me a Heineken, though, but, you know, I'm not going to drag <laughs> that one out for too I much. I do, though. I do, though. You're not wrong. <laughs> well, you, had enough, you had enough to drink on, you know. I did. Not anymore. <laughs> Cowboys over under nine and a half wins. I actually see the Cowboys getting, uh, I would say, like, 11 wins. 11 wins this year. Um I think the huge X factor, which it has been for the last couple of years, you talk about the commanders and their quarterback situation. Dallas paid Dak as a franchise quarterback, and some may say he is a franchise quarterback. He has guaranteed that he's going to throw fewer interceptions this year. The X factor is Dak 
Prescott for this specific reason. Their defense is much improved, way better than what you've seen. But the issue a lot of games last year was Dak Prescott and the offense with so many three and outs. So now you have the defense on the field way longer than they need it to be. If they hold up the end of the bargain, if the offense for the Cowboys holds up the end of their bargain with this defense, I could see them possibly being a dark horse to get to the Super Bowl. But it's all on that. That's the, that's the case every season. Like, since he took the job from Romo, it's been on Dak. Like, if he performs how he's capable of performing, like, he's not a terrible quarterback. He's just inconsistent as hell. And that's a bad place to be as a quarterback because then you'll have a game where he throws five touchdowns and looks like, all right, this looks like a Hall of Fame quarterback right here. And then the next week throws three or four dumb passes, gets a couple pick sixes in a game, and then you're just like, oh, that's the deck that, you know, we've seen for the last six years. So, yeah, the defense is elite. They got Stephon Gilmore to go along with Trayvon Diggs. Their D-line is still going to be what it is, mm-hmm. solid linebacking core. Like, the defense is not what you have to worry about. It's the offense. So they better figure out the whole Zach Martin thing because you're going to need the all-pro guard that you've had for the last eight or nine years to block for that. Cause I don't want to see him throwing on the run too much. That's going to force even more turnovers from him. And I mean, I'm not going to take too much with what's happened in training camp and the interceptions. Like he's made some bad throws, but he is going against one of the best defenses in the league. So yeah, he's not going to exactly look like Mahomes out there or Rogers, but it's it's good to practice against a team that's a little better than what you're going to be facing on Sundays most of the time. So I feel like he'll bounce back. I kind of see a bounce back year coming for Dak. 11 wins, 10 wins, 12 wins, 13 wins? I'll say 11. I don't think they're going to overtake the Eagles, but we'll see. Injuries happen. Like I say every year, injuries happen. Football is football. Knock on wood. Greg, what do you see from the Cowboys? Your favorite team to hate? <laughs> the Eagles taking their place, but um, I, I mean, I, I would say with them they, losing Kellen Moore, I think is more important than people realize. That's just me. I think he was innovative with the offense, just in the way that he approached it. I think who they go, Marty Schottenheimer, I think is their guy, or maybe I'm, I've got the right name there. And I think he's been on the league for a long time. You know, he's been coordinating for a long time in the league, but he's more of an old school guy and he's more in line with McCarthy. And... His son, Brian Schottenheimer. Oh, Brian. There you go. Brian. So I was close enough. Brian Schottenheimer. Right. And so he, you know, just more old, old school approach, more in line with what McCarthy wants to do, run the ball a little bit more, which I've been saying they should do for years, but you know, I, and they're going to be good. The, the offensive personnel lends to that. They're going to be a good team. They're not going to be a bad team. Uh, at all right they'll probably win 10 games right I think 10's the floor for them I think 10's where they're going to sit but and, and certainly defensively they've gotten better I think for me the question really boils down to yeah Dak Prescott's play and I don't think that it's just as simple as he's playing against a good defense in practice and that's why you see mistakes being made he's this is he's been prone to mistakes all throughout his career last year he was prone to mistakes too and I think that this year may not look any based on what we're seeing in practice 
it may not have changed, right? He may not take care of the ball any better. I think they're trying to take things off of his plate because they understand that he's prone to making turnovers and they don't, they want to just fight against that at all costs. But your pace of play takes a hit, right? CD Lamb gets less touches. It's just an interesting dynamic they're going to have to deal with. Um, you know, are you going to have happy receivers there when that's the case? And the Cowboys have already made their mistakes as a franchise. Like, I mean, when you give, when you give, Ezekiel Elliott is the reason why guys aren't getting paid. Okay, they, they they were they were the case study. Okay, they paid Ezekiel Elliott and then they couldn't pay Amani um Amani which is why am I forgetting is Cooper Cooper, they couldn't pay Cooper. Um, That's a Giants great. You said Amani Tumor. I almost had Tumor. I almost had Tumor, bro. I was thinking thinking about the Giants, but yeah, Cooper. They couldn't pay Cooper. They let him walk, and he goes to the Browns, and he's great, and he he's amazing, right? And so it's just. That mistake can't be undone. It's already done, right? You have uh, C.D. Lamb. You have uh, your Dalton. I think he lost Schultz. Am I? Am I? I think I'm right. Schultz left, right? It went to Texas. Texas. Yeah, but they have another tight end, don't they? They have a good tight end over there. Who is a tight end? I'm I'm tweaking. They that was their guy. No, they, yeah, that was a big loss. I didn't like them losing that. Um, yeah, I didn't like that either. So. You know, you're going down the list in your head about the team and you're trying to figure out where they stand offensively. They're going to be good because the offensive line's good. But if you lost Zach Martin too and Zach Martin takes his holdout into the season, dude, that's a problem. That's a real problem in the NFC East. Yo, week one, you got to play against the crazy interior pressure. You got to deal with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence. If you're without Zach Martin, that's gonna, that game can get real ugly. You know what I'm saying? Like, it can get crazy. So this is going to be a really interesting situation for Dallas. I do think they're one of those teams to take a slight step back, but they'll still make the playoffs. And I do think this is, you know, uh, I won't merge Giants talk into this because we'll get there. But I think that they have some holes that can be exploited. Um, and mainly with the quarterback play, with the with the play calling. I think they take a step back with the play calling um, as well. So it would be really interesting to see how it all pans out. But a good team, not any closer to a Super Bowl. And that's all. The, and with the Cowboys, that's the conversation we've been having for so long. They should have won a Super Bowl with all that talent they had. And they fumbled opportunities numerous times. Perfect. New York Giants. What's the predictions? Over and under eight and a half wins. If I had money to gamble, I would gamble on the over for the New York Giants easily over eight wins, I think, this season. I said it on last week's episode because I needed the content, so I did a solo dola episode. I said it. Joe Shane is top three GM. I get it. You got that GM over in Philly. Great. He deserves every credit that he gets. Cat man, he gets everybody paid under the cap, and they got everything structured. Great. But what Joe Shane did this summer to be able to get Sexy Dexy to come back, Danny Dobbs to come back, oh, yeah, and you bring back Saquon? on that cheap little thing. And of course, the number one PFF rated left tackle last season and Andrew Thomas comes back. That's a great summer for that man. I don't care if they win a Super Bowl or not. Joe Shane need to pop some champagne because he did a good job as a GM this summer. Yeah. yeah. And the drive cloud will look good. Yeah, he's he's a great GM. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue against that. Um and that's not even homerism. That's just me being honest. He did a great job. Um just adding to the team to the draft, building to the draft, um, and also with free agency and how he handled the Saquon situation, which was delicate to get him to come back and not be a distraction is crazy. I was right. so sure. I was right. so 
incentive-laden contract for Saquon. And the incentives only get paid if y'all make the playoffs, which I think y'all do. But what type of genius was that to put that the contract set up that way? You're not even getting paid unless we make the playoffs. So basically, you signed a franchise tag anyway. For, for that to have been to for that to have worked out so well in their favor after not giving him a long term deal where he could have been pissed off and not came and had, would have had every right to do so. Um, I think he just he just looked around and realized this isn't going to work and there's precedent set for sitting out. Le'Veon Bell did it. It didn't work for him. So Saquon understood like, all right, I lost my leverage. Like I thought they were going to tag Daniel Jones. They didn't tag Daniel Jones. And now I need to like I need to buck up here and just play because if I don't play, I'm only a year older. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, the situation is not going to get better for running backs. We're, we're going to be under the same CBA for the next six, seven years anyways. They're 10 years, it's 10 years locked in. So there's nothing we can really do besides go out there and play and hopefully change the narrative. And that's what he did. And, and you know what? He's a smart kid for coming to that realization because that's the situation. That just is what it is. It, it sucks, but you guys negotiated that. It's not anybody else's fault. You guys negotiated that. So I can't feel that bad if that's the situation you negotiate. Right. And, I, and not directly Saquon, but his people, the, the, his colleagues. Anyways, cool. That's that story. The Giants this year have a tougher schedule, um, but I bank, I'm bank. i banking on that coaching, man. I think they have a great coaching staff, probably a top three coaching staff, top four coaching staff in football, in my opinion, right? We're up there with some of the best teams in the league. What they did last year with little talent at, at key positions, like linebacker, they were just rolling guys off the street, right? And for them to go out there and have been and, and cornerback too, right? Cornerback Fabian Rowe played over his head, but he's off the street, right? So for them to they would do to have, to have done what they did last year with that with that roster says a lot. I think they added talent this year. They got Deontay Banks. They brought him in. Um, they got better at linebacker Okereke, right? And they got guys coming off injured reserve to come help out there. I really like what the Giants are right now as a French, as a football team. I think Daniel Jones is the added security of his contracts and be better. And I think you added Jalen Hyatt, who is tearing things up in front and camp. He's really, really fast. Clocked at 24 miles an hour running right at practice at practice. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like that's that's like Tyreek Hill level speed. It really is. So um with where they are and what they've added to that offense and the minds that work behind everything that makes everything go schematically. The Giants should win, should win at a minimum eight games, at a minimum eight games. That's how I feel about the Giants. I think at a minimum, I understand there's room for error there with the, with the good schedule. And if injuries happen, you know, you can't control that. But I think Saquon's motivated. You have him on a one-year deal. He's going to go out there and he, he looks great, apparently, from what I understand. And I know Daniel Jones looks really, really good. So I'm really excited for Daniel Jones to take the lead. That's my, that's where my focus is as a Giants fan. Obviously, I want to win and make the playoffs. But I'm more excited about Daniel Jones making that leap because he has Paris Campbell. He has Darius Slayton. He has Jalen Hyatt. He has Darren Waller. Now, all of a sudden, they're one of the fastest receiving cores in all football. That's drastically different than it was last year. So with that kind of speed, they're going to stretch defenses, and you can't stack the box against Saquon anymore. And that is going to make a huge difference in that division. When you have that kind of speed on the perimeter, you can't just play man one-on-one -on -one against Jalen Hyatt and Slayton and guys. It's, it's, it's going to be tough. And especially Waller. Waller is the game changer, right? So D Daniel Jones is going to have a big year. I think Daniel Jones is going to cross the 4,000 yard passing threshold this year. I think Daniel Jones is going to throw for over 20 or 20, about 25 or over 25 touchdowns, 25 being the floor. I think he's thrown for 25. 
He gonna, he's going to run for some, too. You know, he's in Vanilla Vic. You know, he's going to run for some, too. So I'm very, very excited about where he, his growth is going to go. And no matter what happens this season, I want to see that growth for him. I want to I want to see him launch himself in the top 10 quarterback conversation. That's why I want to see things go for Daniel Jones. And I think he can. I think he, he might finish like 11, 11, 12, 10, or, eight, or nine. I think that's the range for him, right? Nine through 12 is that range of where Daniel Jones can finish his in that top, you know, 12 quarterback conversation. But he's going to have a big year, and I'm really excited about it. I think they're going to win a minimum eight games. Best case scenario, they win 10. They can certainly win 10 games. I think they can with that roster. Stay healthy. You can do it. For all the reasons I just gave you, by the way. All right. I gave you a lot of good reasons. I gave you a lot of good reasons. Hard to argue against it. It's hard to argue. You're right. It's hard to argue against that. But I see nine wins with this team. I just – is it a step back? From last year, maybe in a sense of wins, I think they did get better overall across the board. Uh, like, like every team, it, it's going to come down to quarterback play. I think Evan Neal is going to be better this year. I, I hope. I mean, he can't be any worse than he was last year. So him on the right side and Andrew Thomas on the left, that should give Daniel Jones a lot more time to throw it back there. And they did add some weapons, some low-key weapons like Paris Campbell, still got Shepard. Jalen Hyatt, I think, is going to be a, a, a really good weapon. I think early on he's going to be the deep threat, the guy who you have him run straight, like in recess, and you just throw it up to him. Like it's one of those things where his route tree is not that advanced yet. I, I've heard the contrary, by the way. From camp, just saying. I heard he's running digs. I heard he's running out, and I heard he got more routes than people realize. And he said that, by the way. He said that. Okay. Uh, so people sold him short. There's no tape on him yet, so I'll wait till the games actually count. That's fair. That's fair. Or wait till you watch preseason games. You see him running some other routes because he's gonna run some other routes now. It's not gonna be just straight straight shots. I just don't see that. That's not the way they operate here, you know. But yo, here's another thing too. Another thing, too, about the Giants. I think this is the year the Giants take a game from Dallas in this series. I think they're going to beat Dallas once, and it could be an opening night. And I'm so serious about that. I really mean it. They've closed the gap between them and Dallas. That's where this is the difference. And I, I, I mean that, that the roster, because of what they've done offensively alone, defensively they've gotten better. We don't have to go over that. Okereke, you know, that you add, they have a corner, they have, they have a cornerback, a six round pick who's tearing up in camp right now, locking things down. So they're going to have some flexibility there. Um, they should be better at that cornerback position, but forget all that. When you can't stack the box against Saquon Barkley, it really makes things hard. And the only thing that makes, look, great cornerbacks are great cornerbacks. There are very few that run as fast as a guy like Jalen Hyde or Tyree Kill. So when speed kills, when you're that fast in your wide receiving core, it negates the effect of a Stefan Gilmore. It negates the effect of a Darius Slay. It does. It 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 is a killer when you're that fast in your receiving core. So that's my thing. Like I think they're going to take a game from Dallas this year. One of two games, whether it's the home one or that first game on September 10th on Monday night, well Sunday night football. I think that they're going to make some noise there. So I'm really excited about that. And that's where I see this thing getting really interesting. There's going to be three playoff teams in this division. Again, I really believe that. It's the best division in the NFC. Now that I think about it, I think it's the best division. 
Uh, I really believe that. I really do. And I think Seattle's going to be good and the the West will have some – the West will have the Rams and the Rams aren't looking to be very good this year. I don't know what they're going to do. But I think it's the best division in the NFC. If you think about it, from top to bottom, I think the NFC East is the best of it because the NFC is overall just pretty weak right now. If you think about it too on that level. So, yeah, man, I, I think that's where we are right now. I think the NFC East is the best division in, in the NFC. And I think that the Giants are going to be that third, maybe second – playoff team in the NFC East this year. Right? They could they could leapfrog Dallas. It's very much in the cards. And Dallas is still very talented, probably more talented, especially defensively. But when you can't attack the box against Saquon, it's going to get scary, bro. It's going to get crazy. Just remember that. You've only seen Saquon against stacked boxes, never against light boxes. They're going to be light now. They're going to be light now. Slayton, Campbell, all these dudes are fast. Good luck. Good luck, guys. Now, why was he recording mommy that Adidas commercial quick ain't fan with John Wall and uh Damian Lillard? That that's really the vibes it's giving me. And like we said at the beginning of this, the Super Bowl representative for the NFC, I think it's safe to say it's come out the NFC East. It's point bank period. Obviously, the Eagles are the favorite. And then it's literally up to Dallas and New York to try to catch them slipping and be able to get to the Super Bowl. You think of the 49ers taking a step back? We're not, we're not talking about the NFC West, and I know. Yeah, wait, we, you, but you think they're taking a step back? I think they're taking a step back, and if I'm Trey Lance too, I'm asking out. That's we'll talk about NFC West, but if I'm him, he's not going to get a chance to actually develop or play. I'm I'm asking out. What is there? I'm I'm requesting a trade immediately. You're not playing. Trey Lance is not playing. It. Yeah, that's true. And I'm not going to get. They're not going to get much for him. They'll get like oh, a of course not. Pick. I'm just looking at the, the players' perspective. Trey Lance isn't playing there. <laughs> There's no way. They're going to they turn him into – we're going to use him in packages and make him a, a running back. They, no, I'm out. <laughs> I don't even think he's fast, by the way. <laughs> That's what, It's Brock Purdy's team, point blank, period. It's Brock Purdy's team. Trey Lance lost it. He lost it. With all I, heard, I knew it was over when they started saying Sam Darnold looked better than him in certain instances. I'm like, oh, shit. That's the propaganda y'all running with? Oh, it's over for dude. Propaganda. Oh, cool. Sam, Sam has never been bad. He I get it. I get it. Just, you want to go with the unknown. Usually you go with the unknown over the guy who's a known commodity and has been around the, been around the league a little bit and has had his shortcomings. So usually just off that alone, you know, you get the benefit of the doubt with the in the rumor in the rumor mill. But in this case, Trey Lance is getting just dogged. And so, I, I mean, there's a video of him throwing a ball, sailing to all of a coach's, sailing a ball over a coach's head by 15 yards while he's doing like a little, uh, with the little hot feet, feet drill, whatever it's called, that little drill where they, they dance between the little, uh, I don't know what they call the obstacles, yeah. pads. Yeah. So, hey. it, it's not I don't looking. I he got his degree, but he might want to, in his spare time this year, go finish that out. Wow. Might as well, if you're going to North Carolina, North Dakota State, you might as well not do that. Wait, what you gonna get his degree in agriculture, picking cotton? Oh, crazy! <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, we gonna end off the show with the drive before something else is said. This is the first first time we had a a draft on the bench mob. So they will be drafting our all time offensive quarterback running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. Miles has the number one overall pick. Who are you selecting with your number one overall pick? Remember, this could be anybody that's ever played. If you want your number one pick to be Joe Namath, go for it. 
Oh, it's not just people who played in that division. No, oh, no, 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 please. That, that would just make this all the time. Yeah. You could go with quarterback, running back, whatever you want to start with for your number one overall pick. This is easy, by the way. I mean, it would be Mahomes. Thank you. Thank you. Mahomes like the greatest football player ever at Noah. So Pat Mahomes is off the board. All right, that changes things. I was thinking it was just like the greats from the division. Oh. Greg, who are you have the number two pick? Who are you selecting? Mm. Oh my God. I'll, I'll take Tom Brady. Oh my gosh. That's take, the, I don't that's, want to, but I'll take you. That's the most shocking pick of the draft already. Greg selecting Tom Brady. Wow. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with uh Mr. Hiawaska, Dark Room, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I, that too. I was gonna Not go Aaron. with that first, but I was like, no. Nah. Pat Holmes is the best quarterback you ever seen in your life. Gotta go with him. Besides Aaron Rodgers. My next pick after <laughs> my next pick after that, I will go with I'm gonna go with a wide receiver. Give me I want Randy Moss. Mm. Who's next? Is it me? Yeah, you next. Uh, I'll go Jerry Rice. Ooh, Tom with Jerry Rice. Okay. Miles, you got the next two picks. All right, I'm going Tyreek. That's high. It's not high. <laughs> of the all-time greats, he's going to be one of them at That's some cool. point. That's fair. I ain't arguing with you. Tape don't lie. That's all I'm going to say. And then my next pick. Ooh. Next pick. All right, let's see. Let's see. You still got a running back, another wide receiver, and a tight end. And we know running backs don't matter. Calvin, I'm going Megatron. That's good. Woo! Ooh, that's a Pat Mahomes with Megatron. Anti Reek. That's a good pick. Greg, who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go Barry Sanders. Ooh. Barry. Oh, that's a crazy team so far. Tom, Barry, and Jerry Rice. Barry Sanders, man. My next pick, just to mess up the, the chemistry, I'm going Travis Kelsey. Ah, let's think about him. Okay. Okay. Can't let Miles get Travis and Tyreek. That'd be crazy. <laughs> you got next to Gunner, is it? Back to you. Me? Um, uh, I'm going to go with Shannon Sharp. Ooh, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said it too. I was like, Unk. I go on Unk, bro. <laughs> Damn. Um. <laughs> you need a running back and a tight end. Man, there's so many running backs left. Um, Pick anybody. They don't matter. I know. I'm taking tight end. I got to take a tight end here. Oh, Gronk. Yeah. All right, back to you, Greg. You have the only position you got left is wide receiver two. Uh, I'm going to go 
there's a lot of ways you can go here, be controversial. I'm going to go with pra... Mario Manahan. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with prime Antonio Brown. Woo! Head case. Not when it's prime, before the CT. Not before perfect. It was... It was simmering. Man. I was gonna go. I was gonna go with uh, Chris Carter, but I chose Antonio Brown. I think he's the best wide receiver I've ever seen in my life. Maybe I was. Hey, uh, they was talking about this on the. They was talking about this on paper route for the I Am Athlete show. It was a discussion of if he didn't get all this off the field stuff and the CT and all that. Was Antonio Brown on pace to be the greatest wide receiver of all time? There was a real comment. Yeah, there was a real conversation for it. There was a real conversation for it. He was that great. And, and he, it wasn't like he was washed when he ran off that field. He got, he got stuff left. So, Antonio Brown. I'm going to go for my wide receiver, too. I'm going to go with Randy Moss. I'm going to pair him up with T.O. Oh, that's a good That's a great pick. I was so Justin Jefferson the whole time. I thought I thought about, but that's you got range. He's just fresh, like you talking about all time. You know, I took I took, I took a ninety nine overall anyway, so I'm good. I ain't really tripping on. Miles, you got a running back left. I got a running back left. You you go first. Who's your running back? I'm taking LT. Ooh, I wanted L. I wanted LT. Cole. I wanted LT. Someone take Saquon. I don't know. He's gonna sit out. <laughs> I think I'm good with this pick. I'm taking Marshall Falk. That's a great pick. Yeah, I was in between those two, but because I was in between, I wanted one of those two because you get that option of catching out the back full slash put you in the slot and go get a catch. So Marshall Falk LT was great. Yo, let us know. Let us know in the comments on this post. Let us know which team was the best team that got drafted. Which team you think would be the best offense? You already know the vibes, though. If you stay ready, you won't got to get ready. Bench mob, we out. Peace. Peace.